everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Retail Adventures Podcast with Kaiser, Bender, and Baum. I am the Baum in Kaiser, Bender, and Baum, as I am every week. And with me, as always, are George M. Bender and Rich Kaiser. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's, good it's to be hot here. here in New York. Awesome. Great it's, sunshine. Finally the summer. And it's really cool in Chicago, like 70, 73 degrees, I think. Oh, wow. And guess what? It's hot here and coronavirus <clears throat> disappeared. Gone. It's gone. It's a miracle. Yeah. Okay. Have a okay. rally. We'll All be right. good. Yeah, I know. All right. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, Rich. I have, uh, I've literally been excited about this session, guys, because uh, it's not often that we can get someone from deep within an industry that is uh, – really got a panoramic view of everything that's going on within that industry that affects every retail customer in the nation. So I, let me tell you just a little bit about him. His name is Frank Busmeyer. I know Frank really well. As a matter of fact, I would say that Frank and I are kind of like uh, non-blood brothers, but we, we grew up together, so to speak. And when Frank got out of college, he decided that he was going into the grocery industry and I went to the retail soft goods side. And uh, uh, anyway, Frank has spent 40 years in the grocery industry. And he has a plethora of knowledge about what customers are going through, what grocery stores are going through, what is happening. And you know what, George, as I, as I, when I talked to Frank, we started to speak. Our conversation started to go into like 10 minutes because we were just so involved in what's going on in the world. So without any uh, you know, more delay, Frank, it is a true, true pleasure from one brother to another to say, hey, man, welcome to the family here. I appreciate that. Probably like the opportunity of uh, maybe uh, giving you a little bit of insight in the industry, hopefully. Be Want to hear about it. Yeah. I was, telling Fra- I was telling Frank earlier, Rich, that I've known him forever, and I talked to him on online all the time on social media but i've never talked to him face to face so this is cool face to face via zoom yeah okay so frank the grocery industry is exploding it's sustaining us all um how have companies diversified amidst the all the changes with COVID 19. well yeah i think initially if you go back to march um you know, if anybody lives in an area where you have a snowstorm, a blizzard's coming in, and as soon as the news says there's a blizzard, you have a mass panic buy. People go in, they buy all the milk, all the bread. I mean, shelves are wiped out, right? Well, imagine that on steroids where it's happened for 30 straight days, where the consumer just goes in and just continually wipes out everything. And I think what happens is truly the human nature the bad part of human nature steps in where people become very selfish, very greedy, and do a lot of hoarding. And when you get into the essential categories, such as toilet papers and cleaning supplies and and disinfecting wipes and and all that, people were buying six months, a year's worth of supply and and building and, and loading up their homes. And the unfortunate part is we're really in a, in a, in a market today where it's, you have a virtual inventory of items, but you're really making to order. So most manufacturers today, they pretty much know today I'm going to sell 
thousand cases, tomorrow I'm going to sell a thousand cases. So you're producing for your known demand. And when you get into a situation where you get into a, a pandemic shopper, what happens is you drained every distribution center across the country of product. You drained every manufacturer's distribution center of product. Then all of a sudden everybody goes into the panic mode because the manufacturer, he shipped everything he has. So now he has to go in and get his, do I have packaging? Do I have um, the ingredients to make the product? Do I have the personnel to do it? And you take that and you multiply it across the enterprise and you just cannot get caught up with demand. The challenge mm-hmm. and it, COVID, it never stopped. We've it literally happened months, overnight, right? It literally happened overnight. Yeah, I mean, you had no warning. It's just the night that I saw the news go pandemic, actually say the word, I knew that we were in for just a cluster for the next few months. And I can tell you, we we meet with every major distributor, uh, every major manufacturer today, um, and we talk about supply and demand. We're talking about inventories. We're talking about natural resources. I mean, you have some commodities, rice. Rice is a commodity that's grown. It doesn't get harvested to this fall. So if the market's empty, you're not going to have rice for a while. You know, it's just, there's so many commodities that just can't rebound overnight. And then you get into the limitations of social distancing where manufacturers can't have people standing side by side and retailers can't have people standing side by side. So your demand's going this way, but your human resources are going this way because you can't, um, you can't have the same number of people producing. So it's, it's really a, a catch-22. So, Frank, to clarify that, to clarify that for me, um, when you said you can't have people in a, like in a rendering plant, you know, a, a meat factory or whatever they call them, you can't have people too close together, limits the work process, how, what, their, what their ability to do is. How did, that, how did that whole thing figure in on the beef shortage, quote-unquote, um, when I turn the television on, I, I hear that beef is going up like crazy because you can't get it. Is you know, it's, and again, it's not that you can't get it. There's, pl- there's plenty of livestock. Challenge that you run into is the farmer can't afford to keep feeding them. And so it becomes cheaper to dispose of them because you can't process them because all the processing plants are either closed or they have limited production capacity due to the fact you have social distancing in the production facilities. And so they're actually doing mass slaughtering of animals, uh, unfortunately, um, across the country. There's no real shortage. There's a shortage of being able to, to process it, which is driving up prices. That rides right along with milk, because I, as I saw him a couple of weeks ago, pouring milk into the ground. Yep. Same kind Same of thing. thing. You just... On the milk side, though, you do have another element that enters into it. You've lost all your institutions. You've lost your schools, which is high consumption on a commodity. Or even though the kids are at home, they're not consuming as much milk and quote-unquote things like that that they would at school. So at home, they're more apt to drink a soda or juice or, or something else. So we didn't see the supply. The demand on milk actually went down um, due to that. Well, and the milk that you're seeing that you're seeing on television that's being thrown away 
that's unpasteurized, so you unprocessed, can't drink yeah. it anyway, correct? Right? It's unprocessed. Well, you, you, so, you can use it for certain things. I mean, you can use raw milk to make some cheeses and some different things, but that's pretty limited. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had something on, it was either on CBS Sunday morning or they had it on 60 Minutes. One of the two, they were talking to a farmer who, you know, had to dump his milk and he said he'd be more than happy to give it to anybody if they wanted to come and take it. So, um, so you said people are hoarding things like crazy. I admit I have an extra package of toilet paper. No, you have sitting, you have sitting in my linen closet. Package equals case in her dialogue. No, it's not a case. It's a package of 12. And that's probably a good thing because my mother-in-law used to give me hell all the time because she said, you never have any toilet paper. You need a backup. That's funny. Of course, you know, she was from the Great Depression, so she saved things. What, uh, you, I want to know, have you guys, when, 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 the, when the word came out, did you hoard anything or buy bigger I mean, packages? you know, I think that there's certain things you couldn't hoard. It was already gone. Um, but, no, I mean, we stocked up a little bit. I think we bought pretty much like an extra two weeks' worth of yeah. stuff kind of across the board. But, uh, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say that we actually hoarded anything. I was out of the country. And he has to take and the keys to the back room. Think about it. <laughs> Good guy. I, I was out of the country when uh, when the word pandemic uh, was made official, and uh, wow. and then um, the president called everybody back home uh, that week. And I don't know if you, if everybody remembers, but that's when the lines at the airports were uh, on the news because everyone waiting in customs, and we waited in that line, and it was three and a half, four hours and standing next to people who are traveling internationally from all over. And so we, we were texting with uh, friends and family saying we threw everything out in our refrigerator before we left because we were going away for a while and you don't think uh, of these things. And uh, so we literally had nothing. So we were like, please pick something up, like get anything. So <laughs> luckily we had some things when we came home and then I did like a, a quick panic shop <laughs> when I got home. Um, but yeah, we didn't have anything stocked up. Now we're good. Now we're, now we're all stuck. Now you're back to normal. Yeah. Now you're back to normal. All right. So now we're in the stage that Rich and I call the now normal because things still change every day. We're not sure where we're going yet. It's too soon to call it the new normal. Frank, how are you seeing retailers adapting to this ever-changing marketplace? And, and I know that one of your passions is staying ahead of retail trends. What, what are you seeing? Well, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I stole your now normal this morning at a meeting. That's so good. I, I like that phrase. I did hey, steal bro. that. You're my bro. You can take anything. Do, do you know how much you owe them now, though? Did they tell you the price? I don't think if I admitted it up front, I think I'm sad. I think I get one get out of jail card free, but I did use that today. I like that term. Let's say there's this, there's this fabulous retail speaking team and consultants in Kaiser and Bender. And there you go. To answer your question, you know, I think that initially, yeah. I mean, first 30 days, retailers they had all they could do to get anything. They took anything. You'd walk in, you'd just see canned corn on the shelf, and that was their whole vegetable aisle that day. But they also pulled their ads. Pretty much there wasn't promotions going on. They closed down their their self-service departments. They did everything they could to try to get a handle on um, trying to social distance a little bit, um, some of them, or sanitation. 
But then as you get into it, uh, e-commerce has exploded. So, I mean, you know, e-commerce has been growing double digit for years, but it has absolutely within our segment as it's 100 to 300% up, depending on, you know, what company you're talking across the country. Uh, absolutely exploded. Home delivery has exploded. You know, everybody and their brothers out delivering groceries today. Um, but now you're dealing with a consumer when you're dealing with a workforce that was up to 20% laid off. And now I think we're down to maybe 16%, I think probably when you average it out, but you're dealing with a workforce that now has come to the reality, money's getting short. And so retailers are starting to adapt to the fact they need to put more value in their ads, need to be a little more price conscious than before. Um, but the retailer is, is making adjustments in that, but also you still have commodities that you're having problems getting. I mean, you're still having problems finding paper items every day. You still can't find disinfecting white. Manufacturers have tripled production where they were going for one shift a day. Now they're working seven days a week, three shifts a day, and they still can't keep up with demand on certain commodities. So your retailer in a lot of categories, they've cut um, variety so that they can expand out on some of the faster moving items or expand out on the items that they can get. They've turned end displays and merchandise and displays into extensions of shelves because the shelves just won't hold uh, a normal day. You're dealing with a workforce that may show up today or may not show up today, depending on health. Uh, you're dealing with a workforce that is scared in some cases to show up because you have full exposure to, to the public. Um, and I don't think it's any secret, almost any place you go today, you're the minority if you're wearing a mask, which, you know, I, I think is bad today. I mean, I wear a mask when I go out. Um, and I look at it as I'm more protecting my family rather than somebody else that I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, the grocery stores um, that I've been in since the pandemic first started, you know, they're doing a really good job and they're doing a great job. The, the plexiglass shields went up for the cashiers right away and the social distancing markers on the floors. And, and Rich and I live in a state, we live in Illinois and you have to wear a mask. It's mandatory. You leave the house, you're wearing a mask. You're not getting in a store if you don't have one. Uh, Jason lives in New Jersey. Same thing. You're wearing a mask. It's, it's not a choice. And, and, and that's been proven that they save lives. So I think the retailers have done a really good job. The grocery, the grocery store retailers. I've started <clears throat> venturing out into other stores. I went into a home goods the other day. And, and I don't know if you know this, but one of our, my background is store planning and design. And Rich and I do a lot of store makeovers over the years. And, and, and so I walked into a home goods store. And normally when you walk in, there's this beautiful speed bump display that stops you when you walk in. Now there is a thousand foot dance floor because they don't want any merchandise near the front of the store. They've widened the aisles like crazy. They have their power aisles that go around the perimeter. It's a loop store layout have to be 15 feet wide. So I, we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing changes on the sales floor. We're seeing changes in merchandise. You know, I, I don't know how long all that's going to last. I, I, I think certainly until the end of next year. Do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, I think that we're, I mean, personally, I think we're just getting into it, you know, and I think people think we're heading out and I think we, we're just getting into the now normal. Um, I mean, I, I think the rest of this year for sure, 
is going to be pretty much what we see today. And the fear that I have is as more states open up, more areas, uh, and you haven't proven to me, sorry, Jason, that he kills the virus because I don't think we know yet. Um, I think we're going to continue. Yeah, I think we're going to continue to to see spikes. And uh, I just hope we don't regress back to so many limitations. Rich and I work a lot. We work a lot in Las Vegas, and um, they opened the casinos early in June, and the people who worked in the casinos had to wear masks, but the customers did not. There was not, if you look at the videos on Twitter, there was no social distancing. There was, you know, it was like it was eight months ago, and now they're starting to crack down on, yeah, we want you to wear masks. I think it's harder to come back. Just do it up front. Rich, what were you going to say? What I was going to say is the mandate, there are two things. The mandate that, you know, you got to do this, you have to do that from the government uh, wasn't taken tremendously in a serious mode upon everybody. But when they started to relax the standard, when you start to relax standards, it's easy to, standard disintegrates. And it was easy to see if you watch television that many people were out partying, having a great time, weren't watching anything. No masks, no distancing, no nothing. George, that store well, that you that that store that you went into that widened the aisles, and yeah. you know, it did that for what for distance that, that you know. social distancing. I'll tell you something else because I want to go back. Frank, you said something about e-commerce, and and many of our retail clients and listeners have moved from just brick and mortar to e-commerce, and we work with a lot of independent retailers and. Many of them had never sold online before, so they're embracing selling via Facebook Live, and some of them are making a lot of money, which is great. So they used to have a brick-and-mortar store. Now they have brick-and-mortar and online, so I guess it's, you know, the old term, click-and-mortar. But here's what I also saw when I went into stores this week, and I haven't been in a lot of stores up until now because my daughter had a baby, and I've been heavily quarantining. I went into one store to buy a, a, an item that is not a commodity item, um, but something that, that every, I went in Ulta. Ulta has it all the time. Went into the store, they didn't have it. When I went into Home Goods, there were things that I wanted that they have all the time, they didn't have it. So I think that a, that a lot of the sales that are going online are because we don't want to leave our homes. But I also think we're going to see a trend of, as we go back into stores and want the in-store experience, we're not finding the things that we want in stores because everything was shut down for 90 days in the non-essential retailers. They weren't getting shipments. They weren't putting them on the floor. So we're going, I had no choice for those two things, but to go back online and buy them. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, that makes complete sense. I mean, a lot of things, especially on import items, uh, things got locked up. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get things through customs. Everything had to be double and triple checked through customs. And when you're looking at, you know, I think you have a great point. I think a lot of things got when retail became empty, everybody went to e-commerce and, and continues. Uh, we buy more than ever online now, more than we ever did three months ago. Um, yeah. and, and I think that once you do something for so long, I pick up my phone, I order it, it's here in two days. Yeah, and, and you know, I think people are starting to like that convenience, plus you also like the, the safety aspect of it right now, I think. That's, that's the new normal, setting its foot in cement. Because some activities that were not normal are now with their cemented in. I mean, you're, you know, your feet are up to your ankles. You're not going to do anything else. 
that's hard to change a customer's perspective, I think, on that. Wouldn't, is that a safe assumption? Yeah, let me say something to that. I, I think that that's true in a lot of categories. I can't buy clothes online. No, and it's I not think that I think that you're certain, right. certain categories, not right. everything. Right, certain categories, big categories, basics. Right. Yeah. Right. You have no romance, but you'll want them. You know what I mean? You got to have them. Get them to the house. I'll never go to the store again. Which Frank brings me to this question. God, that you know what? That just breaks my heart to have anybody even say that. I'll never go to the store again. That's re no. Don't well, take that one, back. One major retailer is banking on that not being the case. TJ Maxx, um, you know, has has shunned e-tail uh, is the is the uh, headline that I read, and basically they have closed all online retail and are driving everybody to their stores. And actually, they're reporting that they have seen their sales surge above year ago levels um, because everybody has been cooped up at home, and that's what they're banking mm -hmm. on, and they're banking on everybody going to the store. Yeah, like yeah and they're going to hit the. I'd like to know some of the margin levels that are being struck down to build this foot traffic. And I think that's the right thing to do for a lot of retailers. When I said my feet are in cement and I'd never go back into that store, I was talking about the basic items that have no glory for me to go out and get. If I can have okay. it at my front door, I'm there. But Frank, the question that I have for you is, you've seen a million shoppers. You've seen the highest footprint inventory turn how in the hell do you keep up with it kind of thing what impact do you think does does that have on the consumer of this year this coming year with all those bullets they had to dodge to do everything they wanted and I'm, not, I'm not sure really what the effect's going to be um i think right now we're in such unprecedented times that I don't even know if I can answer that question right now. It's just, I don't think we know. I mean, that is a million dollar question. We're, we're, too, we're too deep in the now normal, Rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, so well, to that point, so you get a, you get a customer um, excited, you get a customer coming back and they're trusting you and now they feel safe where, you know, there's things that are implemented for their safety. And then there's a second wave. You know, how does that, that's going to impact, I think, things even more so maybe than this first time around. Cause like you said it, Frank, I think, you know, the customer is afraid, um, you know, maybe not everybody, but I would say a good majority of people are, are taking this very seriously and, and want yeah. to protect themselves and want to protect their family. So, you know, I, I would hope that stores are thinking about that, the, the ebbs and flows of how this is going to be. You said it, this is the beginning. This is not the end. And that's what every you know, I think health expert we, has said. If we have a resurgence and I think we will, um, and I hope it's nowhere near uh, the original lockdown. But I think the manufacturers now um, are kind of maybe counting on that or gearing up for that. It'll probably be a better terminology. Um, I don't think we're going to see some of the shortages that we saw initially because now the manufacturers have put into place systems to produce more product, systems, you know, more shifts, more, more transportation, more raw resources, more packaging. Um, I think they're kind of gearing up a little bit more than when you get caught off guard. Yeah, I mean, so to that point, I mean, it sounds great that it, you know, at least this can't catch them off guard, right? This, this, the first one did, this can't. Um, and if it does, I mean, shame on whoever is caught off guard at this point. But, you know, one of the things that we saw early on was 
delivery. Um, something that was, you know, that grocery stores have been doing now for a few years or curbside pickup, you know, but it, it, I'm sure it wasn't nearly to the level that it is today. And at least where I am, uh, we saw our local grocer get completely overwhelmed and they are a fantastic grocer. They're a huge new, um, I think they cover most of the Northeast, uh, and a little further South. Um, and you know, just taking online orders. I mean, they would put on a spot and it was gone immediately. People fighting to get those delivery orders because people want to practice social distancing. They wanted to, to do the right thing, remain locked down, but they, they couldn't because Instacart didn't deliver or, you know, their local grocery or, you know, there were no spots. So I hope that's something that, that is being thought about. And it seems like things have been getting better as this has gone longer, you know, infrastructure is mm -hmm. kind of put in. I'm wondering what, what grocers are doing. I mean, a lot of retailers across the country have created what they call a dark store. Uh, and, you know, you can have a dark store where all you do is just pick product every day out of that store for e-commerce. But they actually close, some retailers across the country close various stores and then turn them into just 100% e-commerce. This is where we're picking the order. Uh, and, and, it, and it helps a lot of ways. You take that traffic out of the regular store. You take the blocking of the aisles out of the regular stores. And uh, I think that's probably a trend that we're probably going to see a little bit more of. We're going to have the, the dedicated stores to e-commerce. Frank, that is incredible. That's interesting because you know what I saw is a, a strip center that was literally almost out of business. You know what I mean? All the windows had vacant, 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 rent me. And uh, a friend of mine stopped me the other day and said, you know that mall over there, that strip mall? I said, yeah. He said, it is going to a dark store, start, dark grocery delivery store. And I said, how big? He said, he's taking all the space. They're, they're taking all the space. That's got to be well over, oh, gee, 80,000 feet. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes sense for them, though, because, you know, like, look at businesses like Instacart have completely taken off. So, I mean, that's, that's a competitor at this point, I would think, to you, because that's a, a service you could be providing. So yeah. that's like a like a new arena, Frank. It's lighting into that into the grocery yeah. zone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people are getting creative on how how to get groceries to customers, you know. And then you have all your Ubers and everybody they're out delivering groceries and and every other thing, whether it's essential or non-essential. It's just people are coming up with solutions because a lot of people do not want to go out in the stores. Are these yeah. are these dark stores, so to speak? Are they generally being generated from the, the monster retailers uh, that we all know? As yeah, I mean, the reality is, I mean, whether you're X, Y, or Z, uh, an independent couldn't afford to do a dark, dark store operation. So that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Got that. You know, now you may have somebody in the arts and craft business that has a really big warehouse behind their store, and they may be able to start some kind of a, a limited quote unquote dark store opportunity in their back. Um, one, of, one of the conversations we've had a lot, I've had a lot with people, especially on social media, on my personal social media, where people are, you know, let's, we gotta, we have to uh, take, we gotta take care of the independent, shop local. And that I'm such a big believer in that. Rich and Jason are too. We just, that's us. We work with independent retailers. But during this pandemic, there's no way we have got, would have gotten through just as far as we are now if we didn't have big retailers. If we didn't have big grocers and Walmarts and Targets and people to, to 
that have the big capabilities in warehouses, it wouldn't have happened because you just said well, smaller thing. companies, smaller companies don't have the resource to have those warehouses or dark stores. You, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about you know people working in working in the stores right now, and as we were talking about the different things that that retailers and grocers were doing in order to keep people safe. How are you seeing unemployment as we move into the future and, and un certainly underemployment impacting retailers? It's going to be interesting. I mean, I was excited when I saw that we actually hired back two and a half million people in May. I mean, to me, Yay! that was exciting. You know, I, I think that was a positive for the country. Wow. Um, I think you have continued to see people get reemployed. The challenge you're going to have, there's so many businesses today that aren't going to reopen. I mean, they're estimating that maybe up to 70% of little independent restaurants will not open. Uh, you look at a lot of independent store owners or shop owners, and, and not just grocery, but across the enterprise, um, a lot of them did not have the wherewithal and did not have the reserves to take the kind of hit where you lose 50 to 70% of your business overnight and for a sustainable amount, 90, 120 days, 180 days. They just don't have the wherewithal to come back. Um, so you're going to deal with with a workforce that got it's it's kind of a catch twenty two again. So you have a workforce that got laid off because there isn't any work, and then you have a workforce that you need to hire as many people as you can because your business is off the charts. Well, then you have the other element where you literally have probably more than half the people on unemployment today because of six hundred dollars subsidy. They're making more being off than working. And so it's kind of a, it's a double-edged sword on being able to even find people that want to come back till after July. You don't get a choice though, right? If, I just, if, if you call me back to work and I say, yeah, I'm liking the 600 bucks. I don't want to come back. That cuts off my unemployment, right? Correct. But not a lot of people, I would say not a lot of people are quote unquote getting called back. You know, a lot of them are okay. looking for other opportunities. This seems like a good point in the podcast to mention our sponsor, me, um, and that I am still unemployed <laughs> and a free agent and looking for work. So if you happen to be hiring, uh, no matter who you might be, I might be a great choice for you. In fact, I'm probably the best <laughs> choice. Thank you for uh, listening and back to our regular scheduled podcast. <laughs> you can find him at Jason at yeah. KaiserAndBender.com. <laughs> That's correct. There That's you go. <laughs> right, right. You were talking about at one point share of stomach. What does that mean? And, and what are you seeing? Well, in, in our business, we try to measure everything by share of stomach. So if you look at a pie and you cut it into pieces, so the grocery segment gets 40% of the pie and restaurants get, you know, 35% yeah. of the pie. And, and then you get into Blue Apron and all these other little, and all the C stores, and then you take Target share of groceries that they sell or Walmart share, and everybody has a piece of the pie. Well, when you get into times like today, the grocery piece of the pie has gotten really big because the people yeah. that were eating out are now consuming at home. The people that were stopping at 7-Eleven to get their coffee and their Twinkie on the way to work in the morning, they don't have to make that stop. And so you have parts of the share of stomach that are doing really well and then you have parts of the share of stomach that are starving to death right now because there isn't any 
any business. And uh, so we always try to measure everything in, in the distribution order that what is the share of stomach? And for us today, our share of stomach has really expanded because on the food service side, which is the restaurants and institutions, colleges, all that, schools, there's nothing there right now. It's just starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you guys think about the things that you couldn't live without six months ago that you, you know, at first it was hard. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, who cares? You know, I, I used to get my nails. I used to get my nails done all the time. I used to go and get pedicures. I'd get my hair cut. I haven't done my husband's hair had gotten so long. It was like rock star hair from when I first, it's real curly from when I first met him. There, there are just things that, that we used to do that right now, they're just not that important. I haven't been to a restaurant yet. We have. We've gone, we've gone yeah. out, I think, four times now. I've, I've, been out, I've been out about four times. Frank, you're right. You know, I, uh, I, I used to, every morning at about 5.30, quarter to 6, I would be at Starbucks. And I would get a cup of coffee and generally a donut. Now, I shouldn't confess that. My doctor sees it's going to shoot me. But then when this all happened, I went back to buying coffee at the grocery store. Yep. And I haven't bought coffee for our, I, I, we didn't have it, but I would go out and buy it. And so that changed and I haven't changed back yet. You I, should I, eat some I, donuts. I getting up and it's already made because I, you know. You're still I, eating donuts. <laughs> yeah, no, we, you, should eat, donuts you should eat some donuts. <laughs> He's lost so much weight since his surgery. <laughs> yeah, we've <laughs> been having family, we've been having family dinners. And, you know, we, we are, you know, definitely my, both my wife and I, you know, we work, you know, uh, when we were both employed many hours and, you know, and we have a two and a half year old and, and it was tough to get everybody together at the same time and have dinner. And actually it's kind of been nice. It's been very nice to be able to have family dinners, but that means we're shopping. We're doing more shopping now than right. we ever have. I'm sure we're not alone in that. And when you're eating, you know, dinner every night at home, you're buying all of that, um, you know, all those groceries. So, you know, it's, it's definitely changed for us. And yeah, we're the same as rich. We're coffee drinkers. So I think I have too many cups a day. So, um, you know, we, yeah. uh, in my house, we have always had family dinner. If I'm in town and when I wasn't in town, Rob did it. We would, we all, and even during this pandemic, my husband and I sit down to dinner every night. We make a nice dinner. I plan it sit down, have a conversation when we're able to see our kids. You know, we social distance a little bit during the family dinner and we do it outside, but there's nothing like that, Jason, keep it up. Your yeah, daughter will, will thank you for that. It's been so the that, silver lining of the whole thing, you know? I, I yeah. can go into Mariano's, Mariano's and I can go into their prepared food section, Frank. Uh, I, maybe I can't do that now. See, because I, Diana always goes to the grocery store, sort of prepared foods out, right? Because of all the... So she's cooking. No, you can buy prepared food. You can buy prepared food. Yeah. You know, Huge. Not like, like the you can't walk up to a salad bar and make a salad chicken. right now, but... You know, you help yourself to the chicken, you make your own, you know, scoop it out or whatever. So is this the end of the buffet? Because I'm actually really excited about that. No, 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 it's not the end of the buffet. It's the end of salad. At least right now, all the salad bars in the grocery stores that I've been to are now being used to stock other merchandise. Yep. 
I, I, I don't think Vegas. the buffet is ever going to go away. Oh, gosh. No, we can only not, hope not, and pray. I was a germaphobe before this, so now I'm like. But it's different now. So the Vegas buffets right now, you tell them what you want. You know, you have this whole list of, of the things that you want, and uh, they bring you the individual portions. And you can still have as much as you want, but they bring it they to bring you. It. Yeah. Wynn's oh, wow. Buffet has already reopened. So, so in other words, it's it's a restaurant. Yeah, and the price will reflect that service. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think Wynn has changed prices yet. Well, it, it'll, so it'll they'll figure it out. They yeah. figure everything out, Rich. Just happy I don't have to shake anybody's hand right now. <laughs> you can't elbow bump a meter. No. All right. I'm going to ask Frank this question first, and then the rest of you guys can chime in. Take out your crystal ball. What do you see for the rest of 2020? I think, I think, well, I think a couple things. I think you're pretty much looking at 2020 for the rest of the year. I think that certain areas will open up a little bit more. Um, you know, I think the restaurant business will come back slowly. I think your, your retail shops are going to come back slowly. The ones that come back. Um, but I mean, I, I think in the grocery business, we're, I would say the grocery business is probably looking at 15, 20% growth the remainder of the year uh, with the majority of that probably coming from, from restaurants or institutions. Uh, I mean, it's still, are schools going to open or they're not going to open? Are they going to be home learning or not home learning? Uh, is pro sports going to come back? It's not going to come back. I mean, there's just, there's so many things up in the air. I mean, I have never seen a time like this. And, you know, I, I hope we don't see it again, but uh, I think we learned a lot of things from it. But, uh, and hopefully we learned from it um, on certain things. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't see a whole lot of things changing very quickly. I mean, I, I think this is kind of it for a while. I hope I'm wrong, but I think this is it. I hope you're wrong too, but I agree with you. I, I actually, I actually this morning purchased airline tickets for Rich and I to go to a trade show in New Orleans in October, and I'm hoping that 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 comes to fruition. But for us, in our industry, you know, the the word is is that we're not going to see trade shows probably until the middle of 2020. So I, it's going to be it's going to be a while to get up over that curve and. Yeah, all of the uh, food shows in our industry were canceled for the year. So yeah. every one of them, right? Yep. Just here's what I see for for Frank's industry, but I but I see it as is probably a blanket you could call all retail, is that we made a lot of mistakes and we learned a lot of things about our stores and what we need to do in a time of tension, and. I think that if we if it comes if it if it if it boomerangs on us again, I think your performance, your your ability to understand the in stock question and, and what what requirements have got to be made, not just in groceries, but in everybody's place, as long as they can remain open, they become better, stronger merchants. So I think that people have learned hard lessons in a very hard world. But if those lessons were good in a hard world, when it's a softer world, they're going to be great, but they'll be prepared mentally to say, this is what I would have to do 
because you know a lot of them i think a lot of retailers when it hit and they started closing businesses it was like a firecracker went off on the floor well what the hell's next you know what i mean it was holy smokes what are we going to do now you know what you're going to do frank do you agree with that oh i mean you know i think it's the perfect time to separate yourself from your competition you got to have a, a, a definite point of difference you got to be, I, I believe in Georgian. I think you got to support local. I think we really got to focus on supporting USA. But I think you have to differentiate yourself from your competition. You have to do things differently so the consumer wants to go to your store. You know, it's just, it's the status quo is over. You, you got to do something different to get them in now. I think yeah. it's still about the experience, Frank. I agree with that. People want to go to your store. Uh, but you have to give them a reason to choose you. Yeah, yeah, and and what I what I what I'm thinking is that a lot of retailers learn the lesson. Now they understand the concept, and and I just hope for their sake that if it ever happens again, and I hope it never does, but if it happens again, that they know what to do and they will do it right away. They won't wait to do it right away. And you know, like Frank said. If you're not different, you're probably in a swamp, like a little mini, mini or what do you, whatever, small little fish. I think that's your shirt for this uh, episode. I have no idea how to spell what you just said. <laughs> <So>. Small, mini, <laughs> minimal, min fish. Minnow. Every, every minnow. week. A minnow. Fish. Oh, okay. Every every week, Kaiser comes up with Get an, an interpreter. We put on our yeah. What language is that? You know, I think you're doing, when you have a, the customer today who is going to venture out on a limited basis, get their feet wet, right? They want to go to a place that's, number one, they feel safe. Yeah. Number two, it's an experience. I don't walk into a store and feel, okay, where's the sanitizer? Where's the cartman sterilized? You know, whatever. I want to know. I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to know it. One. But two, if I'm going to a store, I want it to be fun right now. I'm just tied up in this house for what, 120 days? Yep. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to walk into a store just to walk into a store. I want an experience right now. Well, I can't go to a movie. Very good point. And, and we, have, we have some retailers that obviously we deal with in the creative industries that, that would be just sitting in the king's seat in an experiential retail place if that's what they want but they've got to want it and they've got to want to do it. Well, are we, are we coming to the end? James yeah. But okay. before we get to the end, I just wanted to to just add to the, the crystal ball real quick on a, maybe a positive uh, because uh, you know, this is, this whole thing is, I think it weighs on us where it's very heavy. Um, you know, I think that what we have seen is a lot of creativity. We've seen people being able to pivot very quick um, I mean, it feels like forever, but we're just talking about a three month period and look at the major moves and shifts that major retailers have done in such a short period of time. And I, you know, just working, you know, within a, a supply chain or talking to the full supply chain of an industry. Um, you know, what was always said to me about some of the big box stores is it's like driving, it's like driving a cruise ship, you know, it's going to take forever to turn. And, and I think that we have not seen that uh, through this. I think we have seen drastic turns, really unique things that have come and, and been parts of uh, the experience and how 
um, retailers are reaching the end consumer. I think that's an exciting thing because now we all know it can happen. Now we all know that it can happen. It can happen quick um, and not, you know, and wisely. And I think that's a good thing. And I hope that that kind of stays. I hope that we can continue to be exciting and continue to be creative and continue to pivot. Even if there isn't a global pandemic that we're dealing with, I think it's good to keep things fresh, keep things exciting, keep things uh, creative. I hope that's something that's, we all take away from it. I think that's the that's, key. A, that's a good that's a good wrap up, Jason. Bring us home. So I think I just brought. Oh, well, sorry, Rich. I just want to say, Frank, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on. Uh, you've really brought some stuff that uh, you've you've not only given us a flower, but you put a lot of seeds in the ground. And you know, number one is that I, I would hope that we could have you come back if you would. Uh, you know, in a quarter or in half year or something like that when things are going and we can have another session like this. I'm really proud of you. Uh, we grew up together in the same house. Hey, and guess what? He really had some bright, bright, bright stuff to tell us. And that's symptomatic of the Kaiser family. So I'm really proud. <laughs> We're bright people. I think you I just complimented the, uh, yourself, Rich. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I appreciate the opportunity. I would love to come back because I would love to be able to have an update three months from now or six months from now. And where are we truly? What was the crystal ball? And we're going to look back and go, well, this is what you said, but this is where we're at. I mean, I think that's a good comparative. So let's book it. Let's that would do be it. good. That would be yeah. very good. Thank, As thank George so just said, book it, let's do it. Let's and, do it. Uh, you know what? We'll help a lot of retailers in during that process too. That's the key. Definitely. We'll help a lot of businesses. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for Frank for being nice on the podcast. Nice to meet podcast. you, Jason. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to meet you. This was fun. Uh, we'll do it in a few months from now, and hopefully there is no second wave. We're all happy, and everything's just oh, back to normal. We'll, that just, would be we'll awesome. just go with that right now as the uh, as as what we're seeing, and then we'll update ourselves in three months from now. Sounds good. I'm coming thanks, down. Thanks to uh, everybody who's listening for joining us. You need to come down. We need to go golfing. <laughs> you can golf right out the back door of his house. For or we can just sit on the deck and drink bourbon or sip. Perrier, whatever you want to do. <laughs> These guys are going to continue to catch up. We're going to, we're going to hop off. So thanks so much for, for listening to the podcast. As always, uh, you can visit Retail Adventures blog at uh, the retailadventuresblog.com, kaiserandbender.com for everything that you need to navigate the COVID-19 crisis and just, you know, the normal uh ins and outs and ups and downs of owning retail um, because it's always an adventure even when it's not a global pandemic <laughs> so thanks again for joining us you can please subscribe to us apple music google play deezer spotify a bunch of places i always forget but uh who cares about sponsoring us so just go <laughs> subscribe like us and uh, we'll see you next week thanks for joining us goodbye everybody